Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. everybody. Um, make sure I'm centered here. Sorry. I got to make sure they can see me good on the live stream. Everybody, the whole world can see this amazingness that's about to happen. Um, if, uh, is the painting still here? Okay. Um, so I did this in the first gathering. It was spontaneous in the first gathering. Now it feels a little planned. But um, Abby has actually painted, has this incredible painting that... fall. All right, good to go. Um, I'm going to let that sit there for a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit. Again, and it's a little awkward because now there's no music. There's no, like, I, I really felt something in worship. I'm like, Lord, am I supposed to do this? You know, when there's no music, when we're not, you know, in the fields of holy of worship and, and all that. And he's like, you know what? You don't always have worship. There's a, the majority of your life that you're going to go through. There's not going to, Gigi's not going to be there singing to you. Ben, is Ben here? Ben, all right. Good, I can talk about him then. Uh, stinking Ben, man. People like that just make me mad. Dude can sing like crazy. He plays the guitar. He plays the drums. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I, I envy that dude big time. He's amazing. But you know what? Not always going to have a band around. And there's going to be times when God's telling you to do something. There's going to be times when the Holy Spirit is saying, I need you to do this. And it's going to feel awkward. You're not going to be just in the safety net of a bunch of believers sitting in a room with loud worship, so I can't really hear myself sing. I can't really hear anything, but I'm sure it sounds good. Uh, lean it, we we got to lean into the awkward sometimes. I, I really believe that, you know, taking the Father's hand and letting him lead us, he's going to lead us into the awkward, and we really got to trust him. So right now, I have everybody uh, just close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. Um, you don't have to raise your hand or anything. Obviously, it wouldn't matter because you all have your eyes closed. Um, I really felt that there is some people here this morning that you feel not seen. You feel like people don't see you. You feel like God doesn't see you. You just feel unnoticed and unimportant. Um, like, if I, if I do anything, does it really matter? If I don't do anything, does it really matter? Just kind of that middle of the road, just going through life. Like, I just, I really heard just like, I don't feel seen. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is having me feel, <laughs> me take everybody here through this kind of awkward moment that I wish happened during worship to take a second and really tell you, no, I see you. I hear you. I hear your prayers. I hear your thoughts. God is saying, he's like, I want you to vocalize those. I want you to say those out loud. 
I want you to, to put on your lips what you've been thinking, what you've been feeling. Because when, you, when it stays in your own mind, it can feel very closed off. It can feel very like I'm alone here. But I promise you when, you, when you let it out into the atmosphere, well, the Holy Spirit abides all around us, then now you get to come into connection with God and say, no, we're going to do this together. Like, you see me, you hear me, and you're going to feel that warm comfort of God saying, yep, I already knew that, but yes, I do see you. I do know you are important. You matter. You matter to him. You matter to us. You matter to more people than you think. You have an effect on more people than you think. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now, Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for the ones that don't feel seen, that don't feel heard, that don't feel important, Father. I pray right now that Holy Spirit would hold you so tightly, that the Comforter would hold you so tightly and so intimately that, that you would know I matter. I matter. I he cares about you. He loves you. He is for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for seeing us this morning, God. And I know that I'm saying this to a room, but take this personally. Take these words as God is saying them just to you. I love you. I see you. I need you. You, you are invaluable. And thank you for being you. All right. Amen. So I had uh, Abby bring up this, uh, this painting this morning. God was speaking to me, uh, man, a lot of the sermon today is going to be about just the harvest. It's, really, it's time for the harvest. And, and as I saw Abby's painting and just saw God's hand sticking out to us, like doing what it requires to get the harvest, to get to the harvest, can be uncomfortable. And especially if you're not taking God's hand. Like I saw this, and I felt so much, I feel so much comfort in this. And I do think it's significant. Like, you don't see everything. Like, this is, this is just portion. I mean, if we saw everything that God had for us, it, it, it'd blow your mind. You wouldn't be able to handle it. He's going to give it to you a piece at a time. He's saying, he's sitting here, he's saying, here, take my hand. Take my comfort. Take Hold on tight and move with me. A lot of us, we're moving alongside. We're moving close to God. But he's saying, he's like, no, take my hand. He was like, I said this in the first gathering. You know, when, I, when I hold my daughter's hand when we're walking through the mall or through the store or whatever, like, I don't have to tell them which way I'm going. It's, not, it's no longer a verbal communication of, don't do that. Don't go there. You know, watch out for that. It's uh, if 
if there's somebody coming and walking right at them, I can just pull them in front of me. I can pull them behind me. I can move to the side. If I go fast, if I go slow, as long as they're holding on to my hand, they're right there with me. There is no verbal communication needed. And that's the same way that it is with the Father. He's saying, hold my hand. Hold my hand through this because some of it is not going to make sense. Some of the things that God is calling you to do, and this is not just within the church. Like, please hear me. I know a, a lot of times, and it's taken me a little while to, to really mature to this and to, to see this. To me, it used to be everybody's got to work in the church. Everybody's got a call to be a worship leader, to be a youth pastor, to be something like we all have that kingdom call. And if every single person here had that call within the church, the world would suffer greatly. That is, that is not the, There is a good majority of us that are called outside of this building outside of these four walls. And the only way that you're going to truly thrive in that, really the only way you're going to survive in that, is to hold on so tightly to God's hands. Because even me, to get to this point, when I left my job, I had nothing to go to. And this was even before the church started. Like, I didn't, you know, think, okay, we're starting a church, and maybe there'll be a salary someday, maybe where. No, it simply was God was like, it's time for you to be done to leave your good paying job that I, I was actually very well supported by my boss in the ministry that I was doing. In traveling with Gigi on the weekends, he would let me work four days a week if I needed to, just so I could be with her and, and drive her and be with the kids to travel. Uh, a lot of times that came at the cost of me coming back Sunday night at midnight and having to be up at four in the morning to go back to work on Monday. And I did that for a season until God finally said, it's time for you it's time for you to transition into what I've called you to do and to be full-time, basically, at my beck and call. Like, do what I need you to do 24-7. I was like, okay. That came with no money. That came with no assurance of a paycheck every week. But I was holding on so tightly to God's hand that even in the midst of people telling me, you're gonna, that, that's a terrible choice, that you're a bad father. You're leaving your, pay, your job. Like, how are you going to buy food for your kids? How are you going to provide for your wife? How are you going to, you're not, you know, technically at that time, since Gigi was the one getting calls to go play at churches, I mean, she was the breadwinner. She was the one making the money, and, and I was supporting her. And to a lot of people, they're like, that's not being a man. And I'm like, that might not be a man by the standards that you were brought up by, but that's my yes that I gave to God and to support my wife and to fully go after what God told me to do no matter what it looks like. And the reason I was able to do that is because I was holding on so tightly. Over, I've, I've basically been in ministry since I was 10 years old. I've been in, in some way, shape, or form playing on a worship team, doing something since I was 10 years old. And there's been so many transitions during that time. There's been so many different transitions of where we live, what we do, jobs we've had, ministries we've been a part of, and so many of them have just simply started by God saying, I need you to do this, and I've, I've prided myself on, I like, God says it, I do it. I don't, ask, I don't ask for it to make a lot of sense. Most of the time, it doesn't make any sense, but even stepping into that, it's still scary. It takes a lot of trust but, man, the comfort and the fruit that I have seen come from holding his hand and saying, all right, let's go. Let's walk. 
I, I can tell you, I would not be here. TRP would not be here. Like, the fact that we are all sitting here right now is because there was multiple yeses from me and Gigi, from Caleb and Jamadi. Like, being able to just over and over again say, all right, guy, it doesn't make sense. Didn't make sense for us to buy this building. Didn't make, doesn't make sense for us to have three, four campuses spread out throughout Tampa. But we're holding on so tightly to the hand of the Father, saying, what next? What's next? I wrote this down during worship. I want to make sure I say it right. Yeah, so in our, in our huddle this morning, I, kept, I was encouraging all the team just to tell them that, you know, our obedience gives permission. Yes. Our obedience gives permission to other people. I'm talking about reaping the harvest today. It says the seed of your obedience will reap a harvest of permission in others. Your yes right now, what you are doing, the seed of your obedience is allowing other people to do what they do, is allowing other people to have permission to say, that's okay. Your obedience of being here on a Sunday, your obedience, you know, Gigi's obedience of, of worshiping. When we have people up front here that say, I'm going to worship unashamed, like I'm just going to go after God, that gives permission to others to say, oh, that's okay. What you do, the, the seed of your obedience is going to be harvested by somebody. The seed of your obedience right now a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, it's going to be harvested by somebody, and that seed of obedience is, is going to show them, oh, it's okay to do this. I now have permission to do the thing that you set in place for me years ago. That's what we're doing right now. It's always harvest time. It's always, it's always time to plant a seed, and it's always harvest time. We're harvesting something that somebody did years and years ago. And the things that we're planting right now in the spirit, somebody's going to harvest that years and years from now. The, the basis of, of kind of all of this really started, it was uh, John chapter 4. This is just in verse 38. You know, I'm going to read through the whole thing, and we'll get to 38. So starting in 31, it says, Then the disciples began to insist that Jesus eat some of the food they have brought back for him, saying, Teacher, you must eat something. Now this is in between. This is when Jesus had just got done talking to the woman at the well. She was uh, so impacted by what Jesus was saying that he knew everything about her. She went to the, to the town to gather everybody and say, you got, you got to listen to this guy. Like, he's really, really smart. So in between that, the disciples are coming and saying, Jesus, you need to eat. Like, here's, here's some food. Now, even in that little bit right there, it was showing me, like, these are, God, these are Jesus. These are his people. This is his crew right here. These are the ones that are looking out for him. Like, it showed him, like, they had his back. They were like, even, even when he seems run down, like he was coming to get water. He was needing water. They were like, man, he's been going for a while. We've been traveling. He needs some food. Like, who, who is that for you? Who do you have in your life that's, that worries about you? 
Who do you have in your life that as you're going after what God has called you to do, will take an extra second and be like, hey, are you okay right now? Do you need anything? That, that is so important and vital to the success of what God has called you to do. Jesus needed these guys. I think we see it a lot of times as, as Jesus, and it is true, he was the gift to the disciples, he was the gift to all of us. But Jesus needed them. Like he picked those 12 out of places that anybody else would have passed them by. And Jesus stopped and he was like, I need you. Come with me. Yes, I'm going to be a blessing to you. Yes, I'm going to teach you. You're going to learn so much from me. But you know what? I need you too. Because without you, would we all be here? The people, the support system in your life is so vital. It starts here. It starts with holding the hand of God. It starts with letting the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you. And then the next is, where's your support? Where's the ones around you that are going to help hold you up when you're tired? Since puzzled by this, the disciples began to discuss it among themselves. Did someone already bring him food? To clarify, Jesus spoke up and said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and bring it to completion. That part says, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. A lot of us are feeling hungry in our call and not in a good way. A lot of us, I, I believe right now, because we are not walking hand in hand with the Holy Spirit, that we feel this Thing missing inside of us. Your call, the spiritual food, the kingdom that God is talking about right here, says he's, he feels full. He was like, I don't need anything because I'm being filled by what God called me to do. Are you being filled by what God has called you to do? And like I said, not just here at, in, your, in your home. Men, are you leading your homes well? Are you leading your wives, your children well? Are you being an example at work? Are you guys being an example at school? Are you being an example wherever you go? Are you being filled by what God has called you to do? Because if my, my fear is this, there's a lot of us, and I've been here as well, there's a lot of us that are walking very close to the hand of God. And we're hearing a lot of good things, watching a lot of good teachings, and thinking, okay, I'm... I'm Pretty, I'm pretty generally on the right track. And God is saying, that's pretty close to what I want you to do. But why do I feel like this? Why do I feel incomplete? Why do I feel anxious? Why do I feel anxiety? Why do I feel so much fear? Why do I feel so many things right now? Honestly, because I, I want to ask, who's really sending you? Was this something implemented by your parents? This is the path that you should go. This is what you should do. This is what, you know, and granted, parents give great advice. Is this something that a pastor told you? No, this is what you should be doing. Like, who are you really sent by? Who was the loudest voice in your life that said, this is what I need to do because this is what it should be? It shouldn't even be a voice. It should be holding hands and God just leading you. and saying, all right, I know that I'm doing because no matter, he was clearly tired, 
the people around him said, he's got to be hungry. So they were observing all this in the natural. He says, I am so filled by what God has called me to do that I don't even need that right now. That's the place that we need to get to in our call. That's the place, and every single one, every single person here has one. Every single person here has something that God has specifically designed you for, has specifically marked you for, and I'm getting scared that right now that we're letting it pass us by because we're just standing in proximity to the hand of God and not actually holding on and saying, what exactly do I have to do? Because when you're in proximity, you know what happens to my kids when I'm walking in, in the store and they're just in my general vicinity? They usually start grabbing stuff. You usually start grabbing toys or messing with stuff or messing with each other. And I'm like, no, stop it. Come here. This is what we're doing today. This is why we're here. Yes, there's lots of things to play with. Yes, there's lots of things to see and goof around with. But we, we actually have a job. Like, I need some grocery. I need some eggs. That's why we're at the store right now. Not for all this other stuff that you see. There will be a time for that. Right now, I just need you to do what I'm leading you to do. And I think some of us were standing very close to that. It goes on to say, as the crowds emerged from the village, Jesus said to his disciples, uh, why would you say the harvest is another four months away? Look at all the people coming. Now is harvest time. Their hearts are like vast fields of ripened grain ready for a harvest. I feel this in the church right now. Like I said, I personally, I think it's always harvest time. I don't think there will ever be a time that there's not something to be harvested because how many people before us were constantly planting things? I've, I've been in Tampa for almost 11 years now, and pretty much from day one, like, I have been planting, I've been having worship nights in people's living rooms, I have been having them in churches where nobody shows up, me, there's been so many times where me and Gigi have had a worship and prayer, and it's me and her and a pastor, and I'm like, that's okay, I will sow that seed into the atmosphere. I'll sow that seed into this ground right now because I know it may not be me, but somebody's going to reap a harvest of this. And, I feel, and right when it says, you know, why wait another four months? The harvest is right here. The harvest is right in front of you. I feel like that's where we're at with the church. For some reason, a lot of us are scared to reap the harvest, and I really believe it's because we're walking closely with God. We're not walking hand in hand. I believe that to reap the harvest, it's work. It's work. Some of it is uncomfortable. Some of it is just doesn't make sense. But when you're walking hand in hand with, with the Father, it doesn't really matter if it makes sense anymore. It, like I said, my kids, when we're walking hand in hand, they don't understand why we're at the store. They don't understand why I'm at the DMV renewing my tags. Like they don't, they don't understand any of that. They don't have to. They know they're with their Father. They know that they're with their dad, and no matter what we're doing, I'm going to take care of them when they get hungry, when they need to go to the bathroom, when they need whatever they need. As long as they're right here with me, I'm going to take care of them. See, what I'm afraid of right now is that because we're, we're walking close, that we're going to miss the harvest. I looked up, uh, so I was just curious, you know, what happens when wheat, when nobody harvests it? 
what happens to it when it grows and there's nobody there to tend to it. And it said that something uh, it's called lodging, I believe, takes place. That when it gets so full, it gets so uh, you know, ripe or just ready to be harvested that it actually can't stand up on its own weight. And it falls over. And it becomes much harder for it to be harvested and you, you lose a lot of the crop. I feel like this has actually been going on for years. Honestly, I'm going to try not to look at anybody specifically right now. But I know that there is people in this room that that's exactly what's happened to you. There was, and I'm sorry, that there was nobody there to harvest what was growing on you. That there wasn't pastors or people in your life or the right people to see all the amazing fruit on your tree, to see all the amazing value on you, and then now it's just, it's, it's tipped over. And being a pastor, trust me, I know who y'all are, and I know, I can tell you, it is hard. It is much harder to harvest when, once it's fallen over. And I don't believe we get a full yield on what others have sown into you. And as a pastor, I truly am sorry about that. This is something that I don't want us to let keep going. I don't want the cycle to keep going. It's time to harvest. Somebody else planted something that we need to right now take time to say, hey, let's pull that out. Let's get, let's get the full benefits. Let's reap the full harvest of what many before us and what God has planted. So, you know what? This is going to be a two-sided coin here. One, let, if you feel that way, if you feel that you've been stagnant for a while, that you've even been overgrown for a while, find somebody. I don't, you know, we don't know everybody's story here. A lot of times that's the misconception in a church is like, well, somebody should find me. Somebody should know how amazing I am and how called I am and all these things. And you know what? And I pray that the Holy Spirit does show us that. But there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people here. And our church isn't that big yet. But it, it can be hard to maintain. There is no shame. I'm telling you this right now. There's no shame. You come up to me, come up to Gigi, come up to Scott, come up to anybody in leadership here. He goes, you need to know how amazing I am. We get a lot of people from other churches, from other walks of life, and we say, you know what? I would love the opportunity for you to come up and tell me, hey, guess what? This is what I'm good at. Or this is what I used to feel called to. And then there was this weird transition in my life, and I don't know if that's actually what I'm called to do anymore. I promise you that you are one of the wheat that has just overgrown. Maybe it started to tip over. You know what? Let's, let's get to harvest time. Let's pull that out. Let's start over again. Let's take the good from what was there. And say, all right, now let's replant this. It might be for me to harvest. It might be for somebody else to harvest five years from now. But I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a charge sitting here. If that is you, you know what? Sometimes I hope, it might be God just saying, hey, 
Come here. Talk to this person. Come over here. Talk to this person. And you know what? Just because you're, hmm, how do I want to say this? There is standards. There is standards in things that you're good at. There is standards in the church, just like anywhere else, any job, school. There's standards in my house. My daughters, I'm like, hey, no, you can do this and you cannot do this. So one thing that I think why a lot of people have overgrown and even starting to fall over now is because, hey, I'm good at this. I'm called to do this. That's great. All right, now this is where we're going to start. Oh, no, 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 no. But I'm, I'm meant to be this. Look at me. I'm a big tree. I'm, I'm ready to be harvested. Okay. Can you start here? Because now we have to take on the responsibility. We're the farmers now, and we have to say, how do we harvest this properly? How do we distribute properly what's in you? Because if you don't do it properly, you can mess up the whole crop. Now, let's change gears a little bit. I, don't got, I got like four minutes left. Let's change gears a little bit. Holy Spirit, which way do you want me to go? Well, let's just read the rest of it and see what he says. All right. <laughs> Their hearts are like vast fields of ripened grain ready for a harvest. Everyone who reaps these souls for eternal life will receive a reward. Both those who plant spiritual seeds and those who reap the spiritual harvest will celebrate together in great joy. See, get, everybody's got a job. Everybody's got a job. You're either reaping or you're sowing. There is, no part, there is no time in your life where you are not reaping or you are not sowing. Like, if you don't find yourself in either one of those categories, you got it wrong. I'm sorry. I'm resting. No. This is the resting place, but you're either reaping or you're sowing. That might be time. That might be finances. That might be prayer. Are you praying? Are you praying for me? This is scary up here. What are you reaping? What are you sowing right now? Now, this last part, I love this. Really, all of this came out of verse 38. I have sent you out to harvest a field that you haven't planted where many others have labored long and hard before you, and now you are privileged to profit from the labors and reap the harvest. You know what this says? You're going to get the reward for work you didn't do. That seems ridiculous. In our normal work 40 hours, you get your paycheck. Think about going to work 40 hours somewhere and then giving your paycheck to the person next to you. How many of us are willing to work right now for something that we're not going to see, for a harvest that somebody else is going to get? See, and now here's where I think Gigi hit on it a little bit during worship about the, the poverty mindset. How many of us are willing to take credit for something that we didn't do? That's what this is saying. You get to reap a harvest that others labored long before you, through blood, sweat, and tears, and you get to come along and just pull it out of the ground. You get to come along and say, oh, yeah, I can help you with that. 
You didn't build it. You weren't there when they were crying on the phone till 3 in the morning. You weren't doing none of that. And God says, that's okay. Because guess what? You didn't do anything to deserve any of this. You didn't do anything to deserve the things that I've given you. It wasn't because of you. It was because of me. It was because of my sacrifice. It was because of what I did long before any of y'all were here that I set this into motion so that way you could reap the harvest of what I did way before you. So don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel, don't have no poverty mindset on this. Take it. You see it? Take it. You see somebody that's not being used to their full potential? Say, Holy Spirit, how can I help them do that? Because if you don't, they're going to end up in that same way. Overgrown, unattended, falling over on themselves, and much, much harder to harvest. Where does this all start? Where does this all start? Right here. Holding the hand of the Father. You know what? I do believe I give good advice. Scott gives great advice. None of it compares to simply just holding God's hand and saying, okay, let me follow you, Daddy. What next, Daddy? What next, Abba? That looks a little scary. Please don't let go. He will never, ever let go. No matter how scared, no matter how much nonsense it looks like, he's not caught off guard. He's already set the answer before he even asked you to walk through it. So he's not scared. He's saying, come on, let's just do this. So there's some things that you're going to learn in the process, and that's okay because I need you to learn those things. Every scrape, every bump, or whatever, he's like, it's going to come with a lesson, but I will never let it be more than you can bear. Keep following me. This is where it starts right here. The harvest is ready. The harvest is absolutely ripe for us right now, but it starts right here with knowing, hey, this is what I need to do. This is the direction that I need to go. Father, I'm going to trust you completely and never let go. Can we do that? Can we try to do that? Amen. Everybody stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.